You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. Amen. I brought my broke my jersey out. I broke my jersey out today, if you didn't notice. This is this is an LA Rams jersey for some of you. There's not a lot of Rams fans in Los Angeles, which is really funny. Chandler, I see you. Mark Shump, I know, is over here. And maybe there's another. Bra- oh, I got a Rams guy in the back. All right. I love it. That's great. That's great. Okay. We got to convert some Rams fans. We got to convert some Rams fans. That's okay. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about football today. Hopefully t- some of the women might be groaning a little bit. Or the non-football fans might be groaning a little bit. I promise you, bear with me, this will be spiritual. Amen. And impartial. Uh, before we move on, I got a couple uh, news and announcements to make. First of all, first of all, where's my waves? AO waves? Yeah, that's our Pepperdine group over there. We got a few in the middle here. I love it. That's great. Really excited about what God is doing in Malibu at our Pepperdine ministry. So this little seed is sort of growing into something. It's in God's hands, and we're really encouraged by what's happening there. It's been just great. So their plan, be praying for them, is they're going to be down here the first Sunday of every month to worship collectively with us. And the rest of the Sundays, they're going to be up there in Malibu. That is exciting. That's great for them. They'll get to walk to church and bring a lot of friends with them. It's a great atmosphere. God's really blessing that whole thing. So we're really excited for our waves. AO waves. Um, Next Sunday is an evening service. We'll be here at the Senior Center. We'll be here, which is across the street at the Senior Center, uh, next week. This week, we're not having the Good Enough Parenting class, so that's going to resume September 12th, back over there at the Senior Center as well. Um, For our adults, Tanya and I are over the youth and family. We do try and organize all of our adults as well, so if you're not a parent coming to Good Enough Parenting and you're not in a group right now or you don't know where to go, just please come and talk to us. We've tried to send out some emails, and if we have any floaters out there, just let us know so we can get you plugged in for the next two months. I want to make an announcement. There On September 14th and 15th is the Christian Professional Conference. That's going to be down at the Orange County Church Building in Irvine. You can register at laicc.net, Christian Professionals Conference. And then we're getting ready. Where are the Kendalls? They're out here somewhere, maybe in kids. There you go. Uh, Harvest Festival is coming up. Uh, they do an amazing job every year for Harvest Festival. It's sort of like giving birth. Um, that's October 14th this year, October 14th at Vets Park right out here. And uh, we need to start organizing committee chairs, so forth, so on. And for everything else, check social media and your email. We send out a lot of those. And we trust you're reading them and we're getting through to you. That is the nature of communicating, is it not? Football is a funny game. Uh, it's, it's, it exists in three phases. Offense, defense, and special teams. And what I want to put forth today is that this is a good way to think about your life. I think everybody needs a good offense. What are your goals? What is it that you're trying to do with your life? 
What's a win? Spiritually, of course, getting to heaven is our big win. Amen? And everybody needs some defense. We all have some holes in our lives. We all have some blind spots. Nobody gets through this uh, alone. The Christian experience, the Christian life, again, Nathan and Carrie, that story doesn't happen without a lot of people being involved in their lives, helping them play a little bit of defense. Uh, confessing sin. Uh, talking about struggles. Uh, working through hardship. This is the life experience. There's a way we do that in the world. Mostly through sort of self-medicating and or sin and or just being in the world. The Christian plays defense through a very different way, a very spiritual way that's supposed to transform character. And then there's special teams, and I think special teams is interesting. We have some special needs. I, I want to say in our group, we have some parents with children that have some special needs. We honor you. Really difficult thing to parent children with special needs. It's always got these exceptions to it. You hear how everybody else is doing it, but that's never going to sort of work. That rarely works in your situation. So you're always trying to make your life fit into something that it feels like at times nobody else is doing. That's kind of a special teams thing. Uh, we have some single parents. Amen? Uh, let's, well, let's honor you. Where's our single parents? Got a handful of single parents. Come on, single parents. We're cheering for you. That's right. We're cheering for you. We're cheering for you. We're cheering for you. Cheering for your kids. And then some of us, you know, we've been dealing with issues, addiction, um, sins that have just haven't changed in many, many, many years. Mental health stuff. I don't know. Uh, uh, special teams. Every church should have a little bit of a special teams as well. Amen? A place where we get some special treatment, some special work. That's what we're trying to do as well. Offense, defense, and a little special teams. So what does that mean biblically? Where's football in the Bible? I think it's everywhere. <laughs> Let's start in Matthew 7. You know, Jesus didn't do a lot of sermons. They did call him rabbi. But he does a lot of parables. He does a lot of short stories. He says a lot of things that confuse people. Sometimes he just rebukes people. Sometimes he just touches the untouchables. He's unpredictable. You never know exactly what play Jesus is going to call. It's pretty rare that Jesus, pretty rare that Jesus calls the same play twice. It's really very tailored to whoever it is that he's speaking to or with at the time. But he does do a few sermons. This is his longest sermon, his biggest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. At the, I'm going to sort of work backwards because I'm a therapist and we try and confuse people. But at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says um, in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I'll declare to them, I, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, workers of lawlessness or evil deeds. Verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall, 
because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus wants us all to have a life foundation. What's your life foundation? If you don't have a good life foundation, when the storms come, and nobody gets through life without some real storms, without some real floods, your house is going to fall. And every team can have a lot of good players on it, but if it doesn't have a good foundation, the house will fall, the team will fail. Every family can have a lot of resources and or a lot of education and or a lot of opportunity, but if that family doesn't have a good foundation, that family will fall. We could put students, right, and just go do and, and memory recall and do all your homework, but that doesn't guarantee that they're going to have a good life. They're not going to have a good life if they don't have a good foundation. Wow. Well, again, Sermon on the Mount is great. Jesus does so much of his most foundational stuff in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Jesus says, this is famous, right? This is, this is the golden rule. How do you treat others? The way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule. You treat others the way you want to be treated. You don't have to, you don't have to do a whole lot of psychology with that one. You treat others the way you want to treat, be treated. If you want respect, you treat people with respect. If you want to be loved, you treat people with love. And we all desire some love and some respect in our lives, but lots of us, we wait for them to make a play. And if they're loving, then we'll be loving. If they're respectful, we'll be respectful. If they're not loving, we'll sort of back off. If they're not respectful, um, we won't be respectful. Matthew chapter 5. What does Jesus say about some of these things? Verse 43. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? If you love the easy people, that's easy. That's what, that's what we do in the world. The world can do that. The Christian experience is supposed to be different. Therefore, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Oh, now all of our perfectionists, that just sort of lit a big light inside of your brains. He's not speaking about perfectionism here. When he says be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect in heaven, the word perfect is teleos in the Greek, T-E-L-I-O-S. Maybe there's an E in there, teleos. Teleos. It means mature, fully grown. It's the word that you use for a tree that's fully grown. So to really love like this, that's how you become, that's how you finally fill out as a tree and become fully grown. That's how we become like God in heaven, is become, becoming fully grown. We can love our enemies. And now think back to just this last week or two. And we're in the church today, amen? But imagine you're sitting there in church and a guy from ISIS comes and sits down next to you. 
And he says to you that he's just checking things out. Okay, well, do we ask this guy out for a sandwich after church? Do we talk to him and sort of give our heart to him? Do we pray for him and follow up with him later? He scares us a little bit. Jesus is radical. He says, you love that guy. Okay, that's kind of an extreme example because we don't get a lot of ISIS visitors to church on Sunday. But a lot of us, we've got a neighbor. And he's a Trojan. And football's here, and he's a Patriots fan. Or like a Jets fan, something like that. I heard you. And you like a lot of little R&B and hip-hop, and he likes country music. He's out there doing the two-step. He's loud and kind of obnoxious. And... You're trying to kind of save the planet a little bit, and he's got a bumper sticker on his big diesel truck, like, burn, coal, burn. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I don't know what that sticker is. Yeah, you got to love that guy. You got to love that guy. You got to bring him some cookies. All right? You got you to gotta, you gotta go shake his hand. You got to go talk to him. You got to tell him where you're coming. You got to love that guy. And we all have people at work that are snotty towards us and weird and act like they don't like us and maybe gossip about us and play little politics at work. Gosh, it's really hard to love that guy. It's really hard to love her. And we all know people at school that are gossipy and sort of conceited and full of self and say things about us and or just are worldly. It's hard to love those people at school. Teachers, pets. Yeah, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're an athlete and you got that old thing and you got a weird thing with, uh, people that are in the arts. That's not right. You gotta love people in the arts. Amen? Maybe you're in the arts and you got a weird thing with athletes. Give the athlete guy a break. He's got a little concussion sometimes. He's gotta wake up and... It takes us a little while. It takes us a little while. But you can learn a lot of these things. So he says you got to build a foundation. That's good strategy. We're in the game. And offense and defense, that's good. That's about love. That's about hard love. That's about mature love. That's about loving like people in the world don't love. Do you really love like people in the world don't love? Jesus says in John chapter 13, The whole world will know you're my disciples because how you love one another. Because of how you love one another. Right? Teens, do they see that kind of love in you when you're at school? Corsairs at SMC, they see that kind of love in you when you're at school. Bruins! Where are you, Bruin? Wow, we got a long way to go. We got to work on our Bruin a little bit. Bruins! They gotta see that kind of love in you. That's a big deal. They don't see that in us. Ah, we just look like anybody else. We just look like anybody else in the world. You don't have to be super smart. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be holier than thou. You don't have to be sinless. Some of us think we have to be sinless. You don't have to be sinless to love. You just love. And when you love in a way like Jesus loves, people notice. 
people see this. This has got to be our trademark. This is supposed to be who we are supposed to be. This is good offense. This is good defense. And this takes care of a lot of our special team stuff as well. Now, we as a church have gone through a lot of things in the last few years, and it's been a difficult time. Now, if you're not in the church, um, hopefully you can appreciate we believe in transparency, and we really, we really desire to please God. And we're trying to do the best we can to build a healthy church. Amen? And I want to say for everybody in the church, I know you've been praying a lot for us and the chows and the shumps, and we're trying to do, we've got three couples that are trying to do the work of four or five couples right now, and it's been challenging. But we've been doing great together. We've been having a lot of great conversations. We've been having a lot of hard talks. We've been trying to figure out how we, how we, how we go forward. That's been really healthy. That's been great. And in a funny way, I think it's been some of our best times. I think it's been some of our best times. And we're trying to figure out good offense, good defense, and good special teams. Now, the West Side is a funny part of the church. The West Side's part of the uh, uh, L.A. Church of Christ. Again, if you're new, who are we? We're the, we're the Los Angeles Church of Christ. We got, a lot, we got a good history. Started right here on the West Side. But we went through a lot. We baptized um, thousands of people in the 90s. Well, let me take a step back. Where did we even come from in the first place? The Los Angeles Church of Christ is just the the the, mo, the last sort of iteration of the Church of Christ. There's probably five or six sort of generations of them. Church of Christ started with Campbell and Stone, kind of a southern movement, during the Great Awakening in the 1800s. And the thing that they did that was really good was, there's all these denominations that are popping up all over the place, and we don't know what they believe, and they don't seem very biblical. One just pops up and says, we believe in this passage, and then ne- the, the next week, across the street, another church pops up and says, we believe in this passage, and the next week, another church pops up and says, we believe in that passage, and now we've got three churches all kind of throwing stones at each other because their passage is better than the other guy's passage. That's weird. So you come and visit in that town, and that's confusing, and so Campbell and Stone are like, hey, we gotta, we got to believe in the whole thing. All right, we've got to believe in the whole thing. We don't really have a choice in that. What's the whole thing say? And when you get to, when you when you really submit to the whole thing and the truth of the scriptures, that's what's that's what's going to be our foundation. That's what's going to be our bedrock. So sort of the word being standard for our lives and not giving in to sort of today's the latest denominational wave of things, that's really where the Church of Christ has its roots. I respect that. I think that's really good. And, and so, so they call themselves the Restoration Movement. We're trying to get away from uh, you know, the latest trends and back to what was going on in the book of Acts and Jesus' ministry. That's, that's noble. That's noble. But like everything, it sort of starts, it takes off, it plateaus, it starts dying. And you get a missionary movement that starts that really is significant during sort of post-World War II. Church of Christ had this great energy of sending out a lot of missions post-World War II. It had some great wins in places like Japan and Africa, uh, especially North Africa, up in Ethiopia area. And, and a lot of great missionary was worked in. So, so it's sort of building. You can see it. Hey, we're trying to, trying to be really committed and surrender to the Word, and we're trying to be really mission-minded. And then people started fighting about that. And again, we had this great explosion, and you sort of, and sort of things plateaued off a little bit. And then this one another way thing starts coming along, 60s-ish. Crossroads, called it Crossroads. And that was, that was the birth of sort of discipleship. 
And they weren't really doing discipleship up until this point. And there's all these passages about one another way. And we've got to walk with each other. The one another way. The whole Christian thing. The whole brotherly love. We've got to be with each other. Jesus trained people. And there's this whole discipleship idea. And being with one another. That was a good idea. That was a really good idea. And Crossroads took off. And all these campus people. It's exciting. Now, what's funny then, um, we come up to our the last break, which is sort of this last movement of us, and there's this frustration of, that's oh, dying again. And there's a lot of talk about being, you know, totally sold out and committed, but there's not a lot of it going on. And there's a lot of talk about missions, but there's not a lot of, there's a lot of hypocrisy. And it was kind of brutal. It was, it was, there was a lot of conflict. And the, the young people, Said, we gotta, we gotta be sold out. We gotta do it. We gotta do it the way that God's calling us to do it. We think the Holy Spirit is calling us to do this. And it created a break. And God blessed it that, again, the missions, discipling, transformation of life, uh, uh, urban areas, country areas, the missionary churches that we send out all over the world, just incredible. Uh, if God, if, if the Bible says 1 Corinthians 3, Paul, plants, Apollos, waters, but God gives the increase, then we know that God moved in a great way through this effort. Amen? Now we move this last chapter where we go, wow, all the stuff that we're doing in the 80s and 90s we keep trying to do, but it's not working very well. It doesn't seem to be working very well. Why isn't it working like it used to work? And I want to apologize. I think sometimes our leadership, we like to blame the people. That's sort of the easiest. That's like mom and dad when we blame the kids. And it's hard not to blame the kids. I'm a parent. It's sort of my go-to thing. Um, you got to start with yourself. you got to start with yourself. So we know our people have gone through a lot, and our people that have been here for many years have gone through a lot, and we really want to honor your commitment and your devotion and your perseverance. I, I honestly thank you. But something is going on, and we have to really think and reflect about what's going on with us. Andy Fleming wrote a paper. You can, you can see it. He posted it online. And he said, you know, uh, we have to stop saying that the church changed after the Henry Crete letter. That's not right. And there's this narrative that the church changed after this letter came out in 2003. And he says, that isn't right. If you go back and look at the stats, uh, we had all this growth. Somewhere in the late 90s, for every five people we were baptizing, four were falling away. And then people were leaving as well. Other people were leaving as well. And we started going into a phase of negative growth. That happened in the late 90s. Then we sort of had this calamity around 2003 and we go, uh-oh, um, um, this disgruntled guy wrote this letter and now we're all still trying to survive. No, that's not what happened. There's something wrong with the design. There's something wrong with the design. It wasn't a very good design. Because all the churches have gone through the exact same thing and if you look at the paper, it's a really good paper on, oh, they all are following the same model. They, there's this quick growth, and then there's a plateau, and then a lot of people start leaving. Well, if that happens once or twice, we go, well, maybe it's an anomaly. But if it happens almost everywhere, first world, third world, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, large churches, middle-sized churches, small churches, kind of the same thing, you've got to stop being sentimental. You've got to say something ain't right with our design. 
And we've got to do something new. It's time for some newness. You know, UCLA has 11 national championships in basketball. 10 for John Wooden. Well, what did he, what did he run on offense? I'll tell you, it's really simple. It's called the UCLA offense. Every high school kid learns it as a freshman. It's this little high-low passing game thing that you do. It's, anybody could do it. John Wooden's playbook is in the Wooden Center right now. The whole, the whole world's read it. And on defense, he ran a 2-2-1 press zone the whole game. That's all he did. Never changed. We're going to, minute one, 2-2-1 two, two, press zone to the end of the game, 2-2-1 two, two, press zone. I'm getting a lot of nods over here. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And and that's great. And that's all he did. That's all he did. Well, John Calipari doesn't run that today. Steve Alford doesn't run that today. Why? It doesn't really work anymore. It's an old play. The game's changed. It's not the same game anymore. The coaches that are winning are innovating. Come up with a lot of new plays. It's, it's, it's a lot more complex. John's thing was new in 1964. But in 2018, it just doesn't really apply. It doesn't work. You know, the Rams got this. The Rams are exciting this year. They're like one of the hot teams to watch. They're kind of a heavyweight right now. <laughs> I've been a Rams fan for a long time. That's a really weird place for me to be. <laughs> We're almost always last in offense and last in de- and kind of middle of the pack in defense. And we try and win games like six to five. It's not baseball. It's football. <laughs> but that's how the Rams try to win games for the last 20 years. And you know what? You got a new coach, and you know what he did? <laughs> he got a lot of new plays. And last year, we're, never, uh, we're kind of still middle of the pack in defense. Number one in offense. We went from last in offense to first in offense. Last in offense to first in offense. That's amazing. Well, you got a new coach. He's got some new plays. Is the game different? Yeah, it is. It's, it's still football. It's still Christianity. It's still following Jesus and being sold out and being committed to each other and discipling relationships. That's never going to change, amen? It's still missions. It's still about not us, the world. Amen? It's still multi-ethnic. It's still all of us. Amen? It's still the old. Amen? And it's still the young. Amen? We've got to work on the young. So we could keep running the same plays. Okay, look. When I was on the mission team in 1990, we ran a play. It's the school starting. School starting. And here's what we did. Share with 30 people a day and get a whole bunch of phone numbers. Those will translate into some um, um, Bible. People will come to church. Some of those people will study the Bible. Some of those people will get baptized. Okay. You know why we did that? Because none of us knew how to do anything different. And it was really intimidating. If you met a religious guy, I remember calling Marty. Marty, I met this guy. He's transferred to UCLA. He went to uh, seminary, and I'm still learning the books of the Bible. What do I tell this guy? <laughs> like, bro, be humble and don't be a jerk. Seriously, that was his advice. Be humble and don't be a jerk. Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. That worked, that worked. But you know, now today, I don't know. It's not like we haven't been doing that. We keep calling the same play. But it's not having the same kind of output, not having the same kind of impact. I think, I think it's a different world. 
I think there's a re-messaging. There's a reason why Paul says, to the weak I become weak, to the strong I become strong, to the Jew I become a Jew, to a Greek I become a Greek. I become all things to all men. Why? To win as many as possible. He's not, there's no ego in him. There's no ego in him. I'll become weak if I need to become weak, if it means winning Anthony's soul. I'll become a Jew if I need to become a Jew, if it means to win Dink's soul. Who's our singles? Again, they're not here. They're at the singles retreat. Pray for them. Energy, spirit, God. Um, if I got to wear a USC shirt so I can baptize the USC guy? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Moved to Austin, Texas. I got boots. I wore preaching boots for years. We were listening to Shania Twain and... Tanya, help me. I can't even remember any of them anymore. It's just the country playlist. It's kind of an act. People come over, you put it on. They're Texans. You know, it just makes them happy. Yeah, we have to come up with some new plays. Uh, I listened to a podcast, this guy, the disciple maker, uh, I forget his name, Harrington? Bobby Harrington? He went to the Unpacked, went to the Unpacked conference. He said, you know what we try to do to be evangelistic? We put up a tent like Lucy and Peanuts, and he just said, I'm a Christian, wanna talk. So they had some great conversations. Met a lot of people. That's interesting. I've never done that before. I've never done that before. I think our, I think our young people today are a lot more relational. I think they're a lot more relational. I, I think you're going to have to have some real conversations, some real contact with people. I think you should join clubs. I think you should really try and connect and bond with people. That's part of. That's a lot more sharing your faith than just inviting people to church. I think you should try and build a real relationship. Make they they you want them to feel like they're really your friend. That really matters. That really matters. And if, and if that means you don't hit 30 a day or something like that, okay, I'll take the friend. I'll take the friend. Uh, I think we're much more likely to make a disciple that lasts. That's what we're trying to do, Matthew 28. We're trying to make a disciple that lasts. You have that bond, that relationship. That's different. Husbands, husbands, you got to make a play. He says, Matthew 5, that you got to love your enemy. That's hard. Your wife's not your enemy. But if you've got to love your enemy, you've got to love your wife more than your enemy. Does she feel loved today as we sit here in church? Does she look back at her week and go, ah, that's nice getting a card from him and a flower and a little kiss and he brought me something and that was awesome. Does she have anything like that? Amen. I gotta confess. I gotta confess. I gotta confess. I'm that guy. I've never done Tanya's laundry. Tanya's done 26 years of my laundry. Do you see that? That's lopsided. There's an imbalance here. I'm not a math guy, but. There's an imbalance. 
And I remember when the girls were in middle school, I'm like, I'm going to repent, I'm going to serve, I'm going to be more engaged on that level. I'm going to be more engaged on that level. And uh, I, I attack this thing like climbing Mount Everest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it all done in one load. I'm going to get all my stuff. <laughs> Boosh. I'm going to get all summer stuff. Boosh. Kiki stuff. Where's Tanya? I don't even know where her clothes are. Jeez, they're over there. They're organized. Boosh. Grandma stuff. Grandma's clothes. Sheesh. Grandma. Boosh. Tanya was great. She's like, uh, wow. I'm, I know what you're doing. I should say thank you. I'm going to try and say thank you. But that's a, that was calamity. That's a mess. But I'm like this. I'm like, I did it. I, I, I climbed the mountain of laundry. I score. I win. Tanya's going to be so happy. She's like, that's not helpful. You don't ever, ever need to do that again. You know what you're good at? And this is good, guys. You need some coaching. You know what you're good at? You're good at um, helping the girls get ready for bed and then read them books and say prayer with them. Like, I am good at that. And I like that. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know, fighting the devil. Which is what laundry feels like. And dishes. You see me do dishes. Done. I win. Ty's like, don't, don't, don't. It's too stressful. Just freaks everybody out. Just, I'm one of those ladies. That's kind of soothing for me. That's nice. That's sort of like me. Oh, you win. That's okay. You can have that. You can have that. You can have that. See, you got to work this out. Then you sort of figure it out. That was okay. She shifted this way, and I shifted that. That was a good play. That really helped us. That really helped us. It's a simple thing. But, but you need a new play. Wives, you need a new play. You need a new play. And I don't know exactly. I'm not going to speak from, you know, the wife's side because I'm not one. <laughs> but, right, you've heard me say this before. We have roughly 70,000 thoughts a day. Roughly 70,000 thoughts a day. 70, 75% of them? 75% of them tend to be uh, negative. 75 to 80% of those thoughts tend to be negative. It's a lot of negative thoughts every day. 90% of our thoughts every day are repetitive. So that's what happens in a lot of our minds most days. A lot of negative thoughts, majority of negative thoughts, and then they repeat over and over and over again. And then it's hard to call new plays. And then it's hard to find new wine. And then it's hard to find new energy. And Jesus, he's just, I'm going to touch the lepers, and then I'm going to rebuke the, uh, uh, the Pharisees. And that's hard. And the sinful woman, I'm going to treat her one way. Nicodemus, another way. That's just a mature guy that knows what he's doing spiritually. We can become something like that. We can become something like that. I think that's where God's calling us. The strength of what we did in the early 90s is it was so simple, it was easy to baptize, you know, a dat, and go, dat, you do the conversion studies, and you set up the side, and you learn, you know, sing a couple songs. Hard fighting soldier, and um, I have decided. You know, something like this. And dat goes to Vietnam, and, you know, it's a communist country, and they can't even invite people to church. So you got to come to Frisbee Club on Sunday morning. And the chows were there. These guys know this stuff. That's awesome stuff. That's what we did. It's time for us to think about who we are and how we go forward. I think we need some new plays. Now, if we're full of sin, there's no new plays because the heart just gets callous. 
heart just gets callous. And we know that from 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 4, Romans 1 and 2. I don't have time to do that, those passages. But when we sin too much and it's consistent and it's over and over, there's just something that happens to the soul. There's something that happens to the conscience. It gets hard. And that's why Jesus says right after uh, he challenges the Pharisees in Matthew 23, Matthew 24, the love of most will grow cold. And that's what I want to challenge you and ask you about. Where's your love? The love of most will grow cold. We're here in church, but where's the love? Husbands, where's the love? Wives, where's the love? Leaders, where's the love? And the other side of this coin is we don't make a lot of new plays because some of us, we've been calling the same plays over and over again, and that's kind of our identity. That's the only play we know. So we just call the same play over and over again. And when someone calls a new play, we're like, no, I don't feel good about that. That's, that's, that's a screen pass, and we only do power runs. That's not good. That's not good. You want to play, you know, passing game. You want to play zone. Syracuse, you want to play zone. Boring. <laughs> We're aggressive. We play man-to-man. That's how we play. That's how we play. Zones for wimps. Hate zone. Right? That's, but see, see, all your prejudices come out. Same thing for us. We just got to think about it. Do we have a good offense? Do we have a good defense? Do we have a real special teams? Husbands, this is important for you. Wives, this is important. Students, this is important for you. Singles aren't here. This is important for singles. Church leaders, leaders, it's the same thing for us. We struggle with the sin. Leadership, we struggle with the sin of self-righteousness. Jesus is harder on the sin of self-righteousness than he is on any other sin. The woman caught in adultery is actually very gentle with her. The self-righteous, he rebukes over and over and over again. Why do we get so self-righteous? I just think it's fear. I just think it's fear. I think we're afraid of being looked at as not committed or not like what we are, not unique or distinct. Or, and a lot of it's just, that's how, that's how we learn to play. That's how we were trained. Well, then that becomes kind of a shackle. We can't see anything new. Have you ever seen the gorilla experiment? The gorilla experiment? Gorilla experiment is sort of funny. We tell a guy, go out outside and count how many blue shirts you see. Okay? And he goes, how many did you see? Uh, 44. But as he's counting the blue shirts, a guy in a gorilla suit walks right in front of him. And so then they always ask him, did you see the guy in the gorilla suit? What? No. I didn't see any gorillas. There's a guy in a gorilla suit? And then they watch the video. And the guy in the gorilla suit's real cool. He just sort of is dancing and walking around. And they don't see him. That's what self-righteousness does to us too, though. We see what we want to see, and we don't see gorillas right in front of us. What are we missing? I think we're missing a lot of things. Yeah, God blessed us. God's going to continue to bless us. But not if we're self-righteous, not if we're rigid. And why are we so afraid of that? We're the group that was sort of birthed in revolution. That used to be our big thing, talking about a revolution. And now we're just like, oh, I don't know, that's changed, that's different. That's bad. That's just, that's just fear. All right, well, what's the answer? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I got, a, I, I got some ideas. I think we got some plays we could try. I think it's going to take all of us together, though. And we've all been trained a little bit different. We all have different ideas. That's good, though. That's relational. We need to continue to deepen our relational bonds. That'll really help us. So in closing, let me have my singers come on up. Where I got one here. Where, let me have my singers come on up. We'll close one out. 
I want you to have a personal vision. I want you to think about your personal vision. God tells Abraham, lift up your eyes. And think about, right, personal vision. I want to go to heaven. We almost, as Christians, we want to start personal vision with a, yeah, lift up your eyes. We're in the same play over and over again, and you don't win a lot, and you start, you start hunched down, you, you, you don't feel good. Lift up your eyes. You need a real offense. What's a score? What's a win in your life? What's a win in your life? Don't do the same thing over and over again. Really think about what's a win in your life? Do you need to change a major? Do you need to take another class? Do you need to talk to a parent? Do you need to talk to a spouse? Do you need to change a career? Do you need to change a house? Do you need to change how you do your worship or your study? Change, you gotta think of your offense. You gotta think of a goal. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Intentionality. That's that Genesis 1 stuff we were talking about. Two, you gotta think about your defense. How about your, how's your defense? Do you have good people in your life that you trust that will speak the truth to you? Do you have people that consistently get with you that you're in this, you're in this together? You know, Marty trained me, but my best friend in the ministry was Darius, and we used to do everything together. And Darius was great. We'd always be in the gym, and they'd make it a lot of um, homosexual, tease us with a lot of homosexual jokes in the gym. It's like, where's your boyfriend, right? You guys are always together in the gym playing basketball. And we'd invite everybody to church. And we're, you know, sorry, we're good. So they wanted us to be on their team a lot. And th- those were good days. And then, you know, Darius African-American. So we got invited to a frat party, TKE or something like this. I don't even remember what it's called. And Darius is like, all things to all men. We're going to the frat party. I was like... Okay, but we should let Marty know, you know? It's like, Marty ain't going to... We're going to the frat party. Darius, you know? He's a good dancer. I'm not a good dancer. He'd do the running man. Oh my gosh, Darius. I grew up, you know, in Orange County. We do sort of the pogo. Or you do the... um, Whatever that was. I don't even know what that was. Darius, Darius would start doing his... um. And he was a celebrity. People just went crazy. I'm like, oh no, the house is on fire. All these girls are dancing with Darius. I'm like, Darius, Darius, brother, we're in trouble, right? House on fire. We need to call a play. Time out. No, brother, we're having a great time. We're reaching out. I think we stopped reaching out a long time ago. (laughs) This does not, I don't know where we, this does not feel like reaching out. But it's so good to play a little defense with each other. The trust that that developed, that was awesome. We're still great friends today because of all those days, lots of those days. And special teams, if you need, if you need some specialized help in your life and you feel like, you know, we need, there's blind spots and, and we need some real help with stuff, we need to have good special teams. We got great elders. We got people that care a lot. We're trying to do good shepherding. It takes a village. Amen. And some of our special teams are kind of new, and I don't know where they're going to go, but pray for them. I think they're going to be great. I think if we have good offense, good defense, good special teams, I think we're going to build on some real rock. I think our best days are ahead of us. I think there's many wins ahead. Let's cast off fear and sin.
Let's cast off self-righteousness because we think that's kind of our identity. Let's really trust God and where He's leading us and where we're going to be in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. We're still a very young group, historically speaking. God's good. Let's trust God and let Him lead us. God bless you. God bless the church. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.